Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. Today I am joined by two awesome guests, Luke Steen and Jonathan Rodney, both of whom I call friends of mine. I call good friends of mine. So uh, let's just go ahead and start off with introductions. Luke, let's start with you. Hi, yeah. My name is Luke Steen. I'm a pastor in Marietta, Georgia, and um, I have two elbows. That was a fact (laughs) that you told about yourself. I feel like I know you so well now. (laughs) Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, my name is Jonathan. I am a student here at Southern Adventist University, and I am technically a polyglot. Wait, what is that? It means that you can speak more than three languages. I was three really, I, I'm not even going to lie. I w- kind of, that's amazing. I don't want to take away from how amazing is that one of them is sarcasm? about sarcasm? But I was really hoping that you were going to tell me that it meant that you also have two elbows. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was secretly hoping. But what, wait, what three languages can you speak? English, Spanish, and German. I, this tells you what it takes to be a good friend of mine. I don't know basic facts about my good friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. So, so English, German, and what was the other one? Spanish. So all That's of his awesome. responses. I'm also half Cuban and can't speak Spanish. So Jonathan, you are you're one upping me all over the place right now. <laughs> uh, actually, two upping me. Uh, Luke, you and I are an even playing field because I also have two elbows. So we are dead <laughs> even right now. This know. is the greatest intro to Echo we've ever had, and I'm loving it. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. We're gonna jump right in to it is 2019, so this is a uh, hot button issue. is a hot button issue for probably the last probably five or so years. As far as really, it's always been a hot button issue in America, but um, really within the last five years, it's been there's this renewed energy behind this idea, and it's been more verbally expressed this way. Um, and because of uh, because it's become this hot button issue question or Christians all over are questioning like what how do I interact with this how do I deal with this topic is it okay for me to deal with this topic and the topic is social justice like what is the appropriate level for a Christian to get involved in social justice how do we interact with it does it line up with our faith and if so how much does it actually line up with our faith uh, what you know what is inappropriate in social justice and and I think um, I think those are valid questions I think those are questions we ask of anything right? We, 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 might, we might line it up to our faith and say, okay, how do these things line up? Where do they not? What do I reject? What do I keep? Right? And, and I think we need to do the same with social justice. I think there are parts of, there are certain movements that happen that are dangerous and that can cause harm. And I think there are others that uh, are good and, and should absolutely be embraced uh, and embraced by the church. And I think the church throughout history has been one of the largest social justice movements uh, in history. So, I, you know, there is definitely room for us to engage in this topic. And, and so social justice, let me, let me operate, let me give an operating definition as we talk about it. Um, when I say social justice, I mean uh, any cause that relates to uh, the equality or, or, or worth or human value of someone else or of a people group. Of, and, and people group could mean social group, it could mean ethnic group, it could be racial group whatever group of persons that is, uh, how do we, uh, 
how do we coexist together? And how do we create an environment, a country, uh, a church where all of those groups can come together and no one is afraid, fearing for their lives. Uh, no one feels like they are devalued, uh, things like that. So I, I think that's a good operating definition as we move forward. Uh, so let's initial thoughts. What are your, when you hear social justice and, you know, as a Christian, what, what comes to your mind and, and how do you personally interact with it? Something that I think of is, um, I mean, in the Bible it says, love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's a really big thing that people have a disconnect on. They, so I feel like a lot of people don't really see them, like see other people like, oh, like this is, this could be happening to me or like whatever. And so I think that for me is like the biggest thing, just loving others, like how you want to be loved or like, oh, like that person is me, like, or mm. I'm in that place too with them. Mm, that's a good one. That, that definitely is. Um, I, I think that is one of the easiest places absolutely to start is to say, uh, you know, I know I'm loved. How can I love someone else? How can, how, or even better, how can I make them feel the same way that, um, that I feel as far as love is concerned? And, um, and I think, um, I think we, we go too far when we say that the way that I am loved is the way that you have to be loved, right? There are people that were called out of a life, um, whether it was like, I have friends who've given up all non-Christian music right? They were, they, and they felt like that was what they were called out of. And now they've projected that on to everyone else to say like, okay, it was bad for me, so it must be bad for you. And we do the same thing. We say, what's good for me is good for you. I think that's why we have ministries and churches sometimes that are completely ineffective, but they're still operating because they were good for the people that are running them, but they're not good anymore for the people that, that are in them. And so... Um, I think we do it both ways. And so I think that is a, I think that's a great place to start. I think it's a great question to ask. And I think it's one that you ask throughout the entire journey. I do. How am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving my neighbor? So I think, yeah, thank you for that. Luke, what yeah. about you? I mean, I think of, I think of social justice, like within the political realm. Um, I, I mean, I know the Adventist church as a whole has kind of been apolitical or, you know, I mean, separation of church and state is, is huge to us. And, and mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that's super important. Um, but at a certain level, um, social justice should be like on the heart of every Christian. Uh, I mean, Jesus, I mean, he hated seeing somebody suffer. It didn't matter if they were a Gentile or a Jew or, a, I mean, I mean, they could be a Roman citizen, like a Roman centurion. They could be a Roman citizen. They could mm -hmm. literally want to kill him and he could not stand to see them suffer. And I think Christians, we've been, we've been incredibly guilty of turning a blind eye to injustices that happen just within our regular like circles, uh, our yeah. friends, our friend groups, um, and so I think social justice is super important. I think as Christians, we need to lead the way on morality. I mean, if we're not leading the way on what is conducive to life and like thriving and like love, and yet we pr we claim to know a God of love, yeah, I mean that is super hypocritical, right? Um, I mean, John, I love, I love how you began because, I mean, Jesus sums up the law and the prophet, the entire Bible as love God and love your neighbor. Um, but you could preach that sermon in a Baptist church, an Adventist church, a Methodist church, a Roman Catholic cathedral and get, I don't know if Roman Catholics say amen, but you could get a lot of, you know, hey, praise the Lord, amen, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. say a preacher in, in a ton of churches, but yet they're going to leave and go do that differently. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Um, and so at what level should we be involved in like these movements of social justice, right? I, th- I think is like yeah. the, the, the big, or the question that we're seeking to answer today. And I think we need to be involved at the level of our influence with our friends and our family. And what I mean by that is if, if we have a family member who makes a racist joke, we need to just say that's not funny. Because by allowing that or by laughing at that, we allow them to maybe go another step yeah. with racism. Or if they make a, you know, a, a misogynistic joke about women or you know, they say something that's homophobic or you know, whatever. I think we need to shut those things down even in just regular conversation, um, because if we allow them to foster, then who knows what they'll grow up into. Yeah. Um, and so I think we need to be involved in the areas of influence that we have. Yeah. Um, and I think if we do that, then we don't really have to participate in movements because everyone will know where we stand hmm. because we don't allow it to get to the point where you have to do a march on Washington. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. And I think you, you actually brought up or touched on something that I know I've been guilty of uh, which is not calling people out in conversation. And I don't mean, let me be absolutely clear here. Calling people out <laughs> does not mean putting them down or attacking them for something, but just letting them know that that is not a line that you cross and, and communicating that you're not okay with that even. Hmm. Uh, because that, that itself can prompt further conversation, right? But there were times as a pastor where someone would talk to me and, uh, you know, it'd be like after I preach or at the end of the day and they'd catch me and I'd be trying to leave, right? So I'd want out of that conversation. They do something, they make some inappropriate joke at someone else's expense and I would just kind of laugh and play along because I didn't have the time or I didn't want to take the time to sit down and actually teach them what this meant as their pastor. And I'm guilty of that, right? Like I'm not, I'm not sharing that because I'm proud of it. I'm sharing that because absolutely it is so like the the personal conversations are the hardest place to hold each other accountable. And you can only hold people accountable that lets you, which is why your friends and your family are the place to start. So I want to echo what both of you have said so far and, and, and yes, and it, because it's, it is significant. And I think both of those are, are, are great places to work within your sphere of influence and to love your neighbor as well. I think those are, those are both really great. Um, Jonathan, what 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 has been your experience with kind of social justice and, and involvement in any you know have you what what is your level of involvement been in social justice whether it's been conversations or or even movements? Yeah, I've been I've been con- like conversing with a lot of people about topics, um, whether it be on social media or in person. Um, I've been also trying to figure out other opinions by watching like YouTube videos just to kind of like really understand like where other people stand and then also trying to figure out like why do I also feel the same ways about like these these things. Mm. Um, I haven't really joined any like movements per se, but I think that like just in doing so, like in trying to educate yourself, that is in itself a movement. Mm. That's huge. So, uh, and and Luke, what about you? Um, so before, before me, I just really want to echo what you said on educating yourself, huh? The echo podcast. The echo (laughs) podcast. I picked that up from you. I saw you do that. Um, so I stole it from you, but, um, yeah. Cause I mean, like, I mean, educating yourself, like this whole past year, I read a ton of books on liberalism and progressiveness or progressivism or, you know, however you want to term it. 
um, more like the far left, I guess, politically. Not because like I lean far left, because I, I don't. I'm, I mean, I, I try to just follow Jesus. I try to remain absolute, like my political agenda is the same as Jesus. It's what I pursue. Um, but I wanted to understand that mind. And so this year I've dedicated it more to like reading a conservative mindset because I just want to understand that mind. So I think educating yourself is crucial. Um, my personal experience with social justice, um, I mean, like I have family members who have marched, you know, they've been in marches. Um, I mean, grandparents, great grandparents, aunts, uncles, I mean, you name it, they've, um, they've gone to a, a march and marched for women's rights, for gay rights, for, you know, uh, minority rights or, you know, a, a more livable wage. So pay, you know, up minimum wage or whatever um, within their local government. And, and so, I mean, during the holidays, my family is crazy. Um, <laughs> but like my, so my personal experience is kind of an, an overflow of seeing what they do and looking at like, there's not a lot of headway being made in these marches. And I mean, now, a, a march is important, right? Because it brings awareness to a yeah. situation. Um, but I know that I, there are a ton of people who like, I, they, I remember getting asked one time why I didn't go to a march when I was here at Southern. Hmm. Um, and I said, because people know where I stand, because if somebody cracks a racist joke in front of me, I just, I, I don't, I don't reprimand them or I just say, you know, I don't think that's funny. And, and that's it. Right. And if I don't have time to explain, I say, you know, Hey, I don't have time to explain this to you, but I don't think that's funny. And there are reasons why, and I'll talk to you about them if you want later, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's funny. And, and then I just leave it at that. Like, I don't, I don't make it, I don't keep it being awkward. I'm not like a joy kill or, or whatever. Um, but it really came out and there's this one important moment that I want to tell about because it came out of a moment when I was in high school and I was going to pick up, um, I was going to pick up a friend, um, or something. I was in an apartment complex and a cop was following me and I pulled over and the cop comes up right behind me and, and gets out of his car and asks me why I pulled over. And I said, well, because you were following me. Mm. And and then he proceeds to tell me that he was following me because I was white and I was in a neighborhood. And if you're white and in this neighborhood, it means you're there to buy drugs. And wow. And it wasn't until then that I really got the idea of what a ton of people in America, not just black, but Hispanic or Muslim right with their with with a with a headdress or you know anything that hourly says that that you're from the middle east and so we assume that you're a muslim right but you might yeah. be a sikh or you know you you might just that you, that you just might prefer to wear that um you know like i i think of just those individuals and what they go through on a daily basis and here i am like i mean i'm white and i'm in the south i'm in texas like i'm supposed to be in safe territory apparently and I'm being racially profiled for being in a neighborhood. Um, and that was when my eyes were open to, I need to be better about changing the influence of those around me. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. I, and, and thank you for sharing that. I, th- I think that's the, I can, I, that's the first time I've heard of someone being racially profiled for being white too. So, you know, I learned something as well here. Um, but, but there's, a, there's something you said earlier that I really want to touch on because I think we breeze by it, which is the intentionally educating yourself part. Because the problem with a, a lot of conversations around topics like this is we come to the table to educate others. And when you are <laughs> trying to educate yourself, you you have to go through the physical step of saying, I don't know. Hmm. And I'm going to throw out what I do know, quote unquote, no, 
right? Because I think sometimes we assume and call it knowledge, right? And assumptions are not knowledge, they're assumptions. But I'm going to start from ground zero and just pretend like I don't know anything and read and listen. Um, and that's a huge step. And that's a, a, that, that is a step of humility uh, just to start there and to get rid of whatever knowledge you have in order to learn again. And what you end up finding out is, hey, if your knowledge was right, you'll come there, you'll arrive there again, most likely, right? So th there is, um, that, that is a huge step is being willing to educate yourself. And I think where we go too far in social justice, right? I, th I, I, I think the line is where the social justice becomes more of your identity or the cause becomes your identity more so than the God you follow. I think that is, if, if what you are known for is not the fact that you follow Jesus, and, but it's because of whatever you're involved in outside of that, then that's a problem. Or if someone says, like, why do you do this? Um, if you're, now, granted, if you're a part of the group that is being profiled, or you're part of the, the group, then, okay, it's pretty easy to understand why. Hmm. But if you're not a part of the group, you're an advocate for that group, and someone says, why? Well, because I love these people because it was born out of a love that Jesus had for me. And I want them to experience that love too. I think that's huge. And, and, and if, if Jesus isn't your main identifier, if God isn't your main identifier, then what is? And if so, that's the idol. That's too far, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or anything else you want to add here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, re I really resonate with what you say because, uh, I mean, you have to initially say, you know what, I need to investigate where I stand on this. Um, I mean, as Adventist Christians, uh, we, I mean, we're very proud of, you know, we've searched the Bible. You know, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. And I love that because, like, prove it to me from the Bible. Like, if somebody comes and presents something new to me, if they can't prove it to me from the Bible, I'm not going to believe it because to me it's all about the Jesus that is found in the Bible, yeah. right? Um, so it's not just like, oh, because the Bible says. It's like, no, because it points to Jesus, right? Jesus is um, the point of the Bible, to lead us to him, right? So, um, and and also not letting the cause be an idol, I think is super important. Um, and I also, I mean, I really think we can kind of speak from a, posi a position of privilege um, because we don't live in the situations where social injustice is happening to us like yeah. every single day. Um, I mean, we, we might have family members, we might have relatives, we might have friends, Right, but like I know that I don't have to actively fight just to have a like a decent life, um, and so what can I do to help someone? Right, because that's also part of social justice. Because there's an injustice happening to a lower working class. Yeah, um, and I think something that we can do that's just ultra practical, just incredibly ultra practical, is we have to be willing to talk about these issues and not just throw them under the table and just pretend they'll be talked about 10 years down the road or whatever, because yeah. that's what we often do. We have to be willing to talk about them. And if you can't contribute to the conversation, it is okay to say, you know what? This has really opened my eyes. I'm going to go do some research. Um, but to just talk about them, just like we talk about Jesus, we talk about our biblical beliefs, we talk about Bible studies, and just in regular conversation, we might grow closer to God, right? If we can talk about them, then we can be held accountable by our yeah. friends and our family to make sure that we actually do believe what we're saying, that it's not becoming an idol to us, and that we're still following Jesus and not some charismatic figure that's leading yeah. us on a march somewhere. Now, there, 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 there's another aspect of this that I, I, want, I want to point out, which is the biblical aspect. And I actually want to thank 
uh, Jonathan Duffy for what I'm about to say because he's the one who tuned me into this. And Luke knows because I've he's talked to him about man. this. He's the man. Jonathan Duffy is the president of ADRA. I think he's still the president of ADRA. Yeah, he's president of ADRA International. Yeah, ADRA International. So ADRA, if you don't know, um, they are like the one of the premier disaster relief and response agencies in the world, and they're Adventist. Um, it's one of the things we're actually known for. We're known for disaster relief and education uh, as Adventists. And uh, one of the things that he shared in a talk a few years ago was he um, was a little bit of what I'm about to say. So I'm about to mix in what he quote, you know, what he said with some extra knowledge that I have, uh, which is this: there are over 33,000 verses in the Bible. We have our 28 fundamental beliefs. And if you go on Adventist.org and look them up, you'll find each belief, a paragraph or two, you know, explaining what we believe about whatever the, the belief is. And then in parentheses, we have a list of like, you know, anywhere from five to 15 verses. And we say, those are enough for us to believe that these are fundamental to what, you know, to who we are. And this is where Jonathan Duffy comes in. Jonathan Duffy goes, there's over 2,100 verses in the Bible. 2,100 verses in the Bible that speak to helping the poor, the orphan, the widow. In other words, and in, in, in biblical times, throughout all of biblical times, those are the people that are oppressed. Those are the people that cannot make their own privilege. Those are the people that do not have it, who, who are uh, helpless in society many, of, uh, you know, many times. And so 2,100 verses, if it only takes 5 to 15 for us to buy into the Sabbath as being like the most, one of the most foundational beliefs we have and one of the most unique identifiers of Adventism, then how much more should 2,100 verses lead us in actually uh, serving other people and embracing social justice? So um, with that, um, I know I just took up the last two minutes, so I apologize, but um, let's, let's do this. Any final words here uh, before I close out? Did you say Adventist Disaster Relief Agency? I didn't. I never actually said those words okay. specifically. Okay, because it's Adventist Development Relief Agency. No, I know. I okay, never said. Right. I never actually said what address stood for because I didn't remember. Off the I top just want. I just wanted to clarify. That's my <laughs> no, closing. That's, yes. No. I said we're known for disaster relief. But yes. yes. I know it's development relief. Yeah, now I cool. now I remember that it's development yeah. relief. So thank oh, you, dude. Luke. Jonathan Duffy's the man. Yeah. So now, Jonathan Rodney, any final thoughts from you here, or do you think we kind of covered it? I think that was pretty good. Cool. Well, hey, to our Echo listeners, thank you guys so much for listening, for being on this journey with us, and uh, whatever social justice interaction looks like to you, uh, we hope this helped kind of refine that a bit, uh, maybe help develop that a little bit. And and um, so, Jonathan, Luke, thank you guys for your conversation here, uh, and we want to give a special thank you to Southern Adventist University for allowing us to host, uh, or hosting us for the recording of Season 2, uh, and to our listeners. Hey, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.